Welcome to The Horse, a show hosted by longtime Yukoners Dan Bushnell and Jenny Hamilton. On this show, we talk to a diverse collection of people about living in the Yukon, what brought them here, why they stay or have left, but mostly, we like to talk about what truly makes them tick. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show coming to you from the Yukon's capital, Whitehorse, or as it's known to the locals, The Horse. So you moved here and got into a dumpy house, right? I moved back to the Yukon in 1989. My cousin picks me up from the bus depot. I was like, so let's go see the house. And he's like, oh, your mom didn't tell you? My mom, when she bought our new house, we weren't able to move into the house for a month. I wasn't going to be staying with my family for the first month I got here. I would be staying in the church. <laughs> Rough. Yeah. My grandmother was a Catholic, but she she was the CWL type. Got to bake for the got to bake for the ladies. Oh, Catholic Women's League. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So yeah, she yeah, was yeah. she was hard into that, but um not too much religion in my immediate family. <laughs> Christmas Catholics, you show up for Mass. Yeah, Christmas yeah. Catholic, yeah, Mass yeah. and Easter and Mother's Day. Whereas the family I grew up in was, um, I went to the Nazarene Church, so Protestant, oh, yeah. like the Church of the Nazarene, Baptist, borderline evangelical, which is fire and brimstone, and mm-hmm. if you don't abide by the rules, you're going to hell. You don't belong. Get out. You can't be. If you're in the church, you can't be friends. With people who aren't believers or in the church or yeah, yeah. Oof. Okay, but that's yeah. the segregation, so, right? That's just what we do as humans: is we go, you're this, you're this. We're kind of the same because they all believe in the same thing, yeah. mm-hmm. mostly, but we're different. So don't talk to each other. As teens, so often where you have guys that want to get with, like my older sister is beautiful. She's very tall, and a lot of guys were like, ooh. Sarah Anderson, pretty cool, right? So they would come to church, and it never worked out. It <laughs> never worked out. Like, one of the guys that came to church ended up being the dude that printed the decals for the shooter. And his involved was the Mexican drug cartel in Nova Scotia. So, oh my God. choices. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, Catholics, though... Right, yeah. fucked. I we, say this is an ex-Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> we got away with it too. Oh yeah, with halos. <laughs> oh yeah, because you could go confession and sort that out. Done with yeah, it. Yeah, man. Whereas when you're Protestant, you're just consumed with your own overwhelming guilt, and you oh, have my, you have no way come to, to our side. Just give it away. My sister did. My sister <laughs> yes. converted from Protestant and and became Catholic, actually. Yeah. Loves it. And I mean, you would think, though, when someone comes to your door and they're, like, trying to say some God, you'd think telling them that you're Catholic would be enough to make them leave. Oh, my but God. It isn't. It's not. Do you know oh, it's no. not enough to tell them to leave now, either? Telling them you're gay. They well, don't leave. They're like, no, we're cool with that. And you're like, shit. We're into that. Who are, you ta- <laughs> who are you talking about? The Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons? It was the Jehovah Witness. Back in Nova Scotia, okay. yeah, we were packing up. Yeah, we were packing up our car to go camping before we moved, and uh, I was like, "Oh, hi, 
here, why don't you talk to my wife? And, like, went in the house to go get something and left her out there to <laughs> talk to them. I didn't mind. I'll talk to anybody. I know. I'm, I'm used to the I'm church speak. That's hilarious, but I'm the Yeah. Yeah. I will. I'll talk to anybody. They were very sweet. They remembered yeah. our names. They came back. They're like, oh, we see you're going camping. We'll, we'll come back and check on you again. And they did. Cool. And Britt wasn't home. They're like, oh, how's Brittany doing? <laughs> you know what, man? Like... I have to tell you, I know quite a few Jehovah's Witnesses. They're fine folks. They're lovely people. Absolutely. Totally lovely people. I've never understand any of the religion stuff, though. It no, doesn't make any you know sense what? to like, me. We've tried it all. I've tried lot, a little bit of this and that. There's lots of like things about religions that I don't love, but what I really like is uh, community. It was, I'm yeah. a big fan of community. Yeah. If there's an actual community involved, then and people can get that. Yeah. Or, you know, if they can have better lives, then I'm all for it. Like I would don't want to live in a country... Where people want religion, they can't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll fight for that. You know, and I, I have to say, like, regardless of my feelings with the Catholic Church, my grandmother survived the way she did and was able to raise five kids as a single mom in the Yukon because she was Catholic. Yeah. Because she got a lot of support from the church, but more so, it gave her the strength to keep going. Yeah. She Religion is something she really leaned on. Yeah, and a lot of people do. She was able to move through it. And, and like, when I was a young... So when I first moved to Nanaimo, um, my brother got lost one day. Right. And he... It was, like, to to preface that, like, my brother got lost and was missing. And we couldn't find him. And he was, like, gone, gone. And we didn't know Nanaimo at all. And this was the time of Clifford Olsen. Oh, lovely. So what we knew, we didn't know who Clifford Olsen was... But we knew that there was somebody working around the lower mainland and the island stealing children. So it was some real shit. We were very scared. It was bad. And um, uh, Ivan and I, or maybe Carrie was there too, but I don't think so. But Ivan and I ended up at a block clearing house because we were lost. Right. The block clearance that we went to, and this was back when, then before... Right. Creepers figured out put a block parent sign on your window to draw children. Right. This is when it was a good thing. When it was a super solid thing. Yeah. And uh, so we went to a block parent's house. The people of the block parent's place were Jehovah's Witnesses. And I have to tell you right now, when we got in there, first of all, they were so kind to us. They drove us home immediately. And uh, the husband drove us home. And the wife got on the phone and she called their kingdom hall. Right. And next thing you know... Our street is filled with cars. Our yard was filled with people. Right. And they were coordinating grid patterns that they were going to search for my brother. Yeah. And that was because she got on the phone tree to the rest of Jehovah's Witnesses. And my grandmother was like, we're Catholic. And they were like, we don't don't care. care. We're finding your grandson. Mm -hmm. And that was it, man. And like, they were super lovely to us for the rest of the time we were in Nanaimo. My grandmother made... A ton of great friends from them mm-hmm. that never bothered her about changing her religion and that she would have tea with all the time. Exactly. Yeah. They were fucking lovely. Like, they were great. Cool. They're you know, so amazing. I think the yeah. majority would do that. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. Like, if any religion, they yeah. have the network, right? Yeah. You ever, like, you watch the, you watch, and I, okay, and I'm going to apologize right now because I'm going to say Sikh. Right. And I know that that is a white pronunciation of that. And I apologize for that. When you go to the temples in Vancouver, they feed everybody. Right. Like, and they open their doors and they feed everyone. And it's one of the, like, so when you're talking to street kids, it's one of those things where they'll be like, 
I'm a straight person, but I'm vegan or vegetarian, and like, it makes it harder to be on the street. And I was like, you need to go to the Sikh temple because they make vegetarian food and they will feed you. Feed you. And all you have to do is be respectful. Yeah. That's it. Which you should be fucking respectful. Of. Exactly. But I mean, exactly. they feed everybody, man. They take on all comers. They don't care what you look like. They don't care where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. They feed you. Yep. You know, it's beautiful. Wonderful. It really is. Yeah. 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 It's. It's. it's I totally believe too that you know it can it can enhance a community as a whole as well. Mm-hmm. If it's yeah, if it's if the people in charge. Because there's always somebody in charge, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's where it can get eh, a little that's iffy. Uh, but if you have people who are in charge who are listening to the congregation or their community and always have them as their number one, which is what is taught in the well, New Testament, right? Always be doing it for others. If that happens, yeah, absolutely. The community can do great. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. i got to say, like, the Maritimes is religious as fuck. Well, like, there, name a place that really isn't. Well, Whitehorse isn't as bad as that. You can't no. walk. You can't walk a block in, we in New Brunswick without hitting a church. Well, like that, they're everywhere. It's because we have more. Well, I don't know if we still do, but we had that was the thing. We have more, twice as many bars as churches. Yeah, and they didn't close. That's why a lot of people moved up here in the seventies and sixties. Yeah, because like that's I how saw we some, ended up here. <laughs> I saw some action in New Brunswick that I was really angry about, and like as. As somebody that was raised in a religious family, I was just like, that shit's not okay. Because they're like, they're Haiti religious. Well, they and they're, they're yeah. Is, yeah. New Brunswick is a, a yeah. very hate filled province. Yeah, like a lot of their religion comes with a real big bag of hate. Mm. And I just, I cannot abide that. Again, something that's taught, right? Oh, absolutely. Totally. Like, oh my God, yeah. I can remember being 12 and in church and being asked to sign a petition to ban. Uh, homosexual marriage and I did because I was 12 and that's all I knew fast forward to now right oh my god but even like when we got engaged and we got married my very religious grandparents were like nope and that was the end of that relationship yeah yeah they're lost that's a thing yeah. that is that's a it's, thing it's huge like I'm still not over it yet well, well how would you be oh it's terrible it is they were your safe space yeah yeah so and then they turned their back on you mm-hmm. totally yeah. yeah, and it's funny because it was it was fine. They love Brit, and then we got engaged, and that was it. It was like that marriage thing, and just done. We could so, be together, but we couldn't be married. Yeah. Are they still alive? Yeah. Wow. So they were okay with you having a relationship, but just not a marriage. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Isn't the mental gymnastics to make that work? Well, there must be a really strong belief that a marriage is uh, not a government license; that it's a bond between God. Yeah. And that couple. Bus. The bus. Yeah. Well, at least he didn't rev. Anyways, um, and that makes it different. It makes it different when, in their mind, so mm-hmm. that gymnastics isn't as hard to to get. It's not gymnastics. It's a straight line. Yeah. Um, I don't agree. Okay. Totally. Um, I mean, this is this is a lot of the same ideas from religion that people, white people and people of color, shouldn't be in relationship. They could be in relationships, but shouldn't marry, and definitely shouldn't have children. Like, mm-hmm. 
fuck off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, well, I, we, I mean, we started out in the United Church and then ended up being Mormon for a while. And I have never, I like the United Church. They're I mean, still fun. They're great. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. And I like Mormons. There's a lot of wonderful Mormons. They taught me a lot of caring and kindness. But overall, I just, you know, that's it gets like, too political. It goes back to what I was saying. When you preach is, hate at any level. Yeah. And when Christians he, teach hate and other Christians don't correct them, to me, the whole fucking system's corrupt. That's yeah. it. As a religious person, you consider yourself like doing God's work. You're holier. Then fix your own fucking community. Yeah. Right. And I say that as somebody who lives in a community, Whitehorse, yeah. that needs to be fixed. So let's put the work in. We put ourselves into insulated bubbles mm -hmm. that allow us to forward and maintain our own agendas and beliefs. And uh, that can be on a town level. It can be on a religious level. But you're going to find the echo chamber you're looking for. And if you don't like that echo chamber, you'll look somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, unfortunately, uh, with the internet today, with the way that people conduct themselves, with mm -hmm. like the algorithms pushing you, you're searching for this kind of thing. That's the kind of thing we'll show you. It becomes really, really easy for people to refortify um, wrong ideas. Yeah, pre-existing well, notions that ha have no base in reality, but because there is a section of the internet or a group of people perpetuating and, that and there's and algorithms pushing yeah your searches so they find things that you're searching for you and they it. keep showing you mm -hmm. that stuff so you believe that content is important and relevant and prevalent mm -hmm. and it's not it's well like, you know, and we've been doing that before the internet like if you mm -hmm. i always thought oh it's because people don't talk to each other anymore but if you but if you only talk to the same people and what we used to do is we would just go like I would go to this bar because the people I agree with hang out there and you would go to that That's one I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. instead of uh, having communication with people that you disagree with. Now we just cancel, cancel them out. Mm -hmm. And that's not that. I don't believe that's right. Um, you, you don't fix the fucking problem. You make it stronger on their yeah. point. But we also need to look at our own baggage, man, because we are also mean and shitty, shitty. if mm -hmm. you disagree with us. Mm -hmm. Oh, but we, I, I think actually more so in some levels where I, I've, I mean, I know people who are super right wing and don't like me because of who I am, um, but don't, wouldn't count me out, wouldn't leave me on the street and not feed me, would definitely not, quote, cancel me. I know a lot of people who I agree with who are, you know, friendly, that if I say the wrong thing on the stage, that's it. I'm done. Part of living in the Yukon sometimes is learning to live with people that you disagree with and letting that shit go. And it's kind of a decent lesson. The only way to bridge that gap and to understand it is to talk to them. That's the thing. And but you got to like, think of it the other way around too, right? Like a buddy of mine lives in uh, Vancouver and there was a trans person there that was doing some fucking horrible things in that community. And he was like, I don't, you know, I don't think you're a good person. And my buddy got canceled off social media saying, because he's supportive. He's supportive of all the communities. But he's like, this person <laughs> needs mental fucking help. And they were like, you're just anti-trans. Canceled. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, just gone. And I was like, you just got rid of one of our biggest fucking allies. Why? Because he was... 
he was afraid this person was dangerous because they were proving to be so mm. and was saying they need help. You know, and, I, and so that's like, I think that's one of those things where we have to consciously work to find ways to live with each other. Absolutely. And you do it on an individual basis. Yeah. Like I am all for hate. I am. I fucking love it. It fuels me. Yeah. But not of groups. Like, if you're a dick, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hate you. But I'm not going to hate your family. I'm not going to hate your, yeah. your, you know, yeah, your I'm culture. I'm willing to accept that you are an individual. You are an individual. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And then I can focus that hate way better. <laughs> and it's, yeah, yeah. it's better for me. So that's what I'm here for. Me. You know what, though? I think that's pretty high. Right? <laughs> Right? I feel like that is pretty Wouldn't hot. it be great? Yeah, because there's nothing more satisfying than somebody who's a total prick. And then, like, people who look like them or from the same culture back you that they're a prick. Occasionally, like, I'll be talking talking to somebody, like, and it's usually a woman that says something that just makes me go, oh, no. And uh, I tell a lot of bad dad jokes because I love that. Right. And I have this dad joke that's like, how do you get a nun pregnant? You fuck her. You fuck her. Yeah. And, um, you know, because, I mean, obviously, you have sex with her. I'm not even a dad. Yeah. Well, aren't you daddy? <laughs> Just a daddy. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> and uh, so there, I was tattooing this woman. We were telling bad jokes. Like, we were back and forth in bad jokes. Right. And she told me a couple of real whoppers. But I said to her, I was like, how do you get a nun pregnant? And she's like, dress her as an altar boy. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, oh shit. That's a better answer oh, than what you were It's a say. better yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better joke. I was like, oh, gee, Williker. Went right for it. Right? <laughs> right? I was like, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> Literally. Just, just took me right there. Right? <laughs> I have to, like, I, yeah, I was, like, she just, I had to stop. I was tattooing her and I was like, oh, yes. oh my word. I had to sit the tattoo machine like, down for a second. I was telling a joke. Quit telling the truth. And then, oh, totally. She's like, she's like, what, too dark? And I'm like, no, just dark too enough. Like, yeah. that was exactly what that joke needed. Right? Did you that have was the spice. Flashbacks of your church bedroom. Let me tell you something. Like, I was an altar boy. I... I was good. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah, you good were. Good kids are in street gangs. Yeah. Well, right? we tell Thank me about you. the street gang. This isn't about me. No. Yeah, we're you're interviewing them. What the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm uh, I'm trying to get the buses to quit clipping the goddamn. You know, um, street gang. Everything comes from the same place. In my personal opinion, if you take enough people and you put them together and they're poor. Things will become difficult, yep. and we will all find ways of navigating those difficulties. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the best way to navigate those difficulties is by packing up. And by packing up, I mean like wolf pack. Right, like tribes. Yeah. And I was there in the 80s, and the mills were shutting down, and the fisheries were shutting down, and everybody was poor as fuck. And when I say that, like, the amount of students, like, the amount of kids that I knew that were on welfare was significant. Right, like, and people were running out on their mortgages. The people that lived across the street from me, the, like, they were two kids I played with every day. I didn't know that they were moving because they didn't know they were moving. Right. And when they moved, they left everything behind. 
because they had to run out. Like they had nothing left and the only thing they could do was cut and run. On my cul-de-sac alone, four houses did that. And like one of those houses left behind like a whole, like a fishing boat. You know what I mean? And like, so it was just really poor. Mm -hmm. And it's not that like it was a terrible place or it was terrible people. It was just really, really impoverished. Circumstances. And it was just circumstances, yep. and we didn't have anything. And when you're a kid, and you go from, my family has this good job, my family leads a certain life, and then that's all taken away. And there's no work, and there's nowhere for your parents to go. And suddenly you go from, like, I own a motorbike to my dad sold my motorbike. Right? You're angry. Yeah. yeah. And that anger leads to problems yeah. it's going to manifest it's going to come out somehow and like when we talk about high crime areas when we talk about that kind of violence really what we're talking about is poverty yeah so it was just that simple it's like we weren't bad kids we weren't mean we weren't shitty we were poor and that's all it was and probably angry what were we talking about <laughs> okay what's the best thing to eat in nova scotia lobster hands down really 100 that's your go-to yep not a donair not a weird pepperoni. No, hmm. if you had to pick one thing and one thing. Lobster season, very specifically, though. Yeah. I like that you didn't hesitate on that. Yep. Very specifically during Mother's Day, June, that era. Lobster fishing rose season rotates around the province in zones. So each zone, so each part of the province, has their own fishing season. So for our hometown, it starts May 1st and it ends June the 30th. So during that period, you try to maximize your lobsters. And then do you drive to other communities and get their lobsters? Only for special occasions. And only if you're really desperate because their lobsters taste different and have a different texture. Mm -hmm. So the lobster season for our um zone is the lobsters are really hard shelled mm -hmm. so they're really easy to crack open it's fresh meat it's really um it's not as dense as the other lobster yeah, it's, almost like buttery. it's buttery and it's like melt in your mouth whereas the other parts of the province their their water's colder so their shells are softer mm. i don't know the science but it's it but makes yours is good and there's a shit. Exactly. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. It makes their meat Just tough. Just say it, you guys. And I don't like it. You know what? Nobody likes tough meat. No. We're allergic to bone. So are you allergic to scallops too? No, mostly uh, a king crab. And that's a that's a self-induced gluttony allergy I gained. Okay. I eat like five to eight pounds in one sitting, and now my body goes nope. That's how you end up with crab legs for breakfast, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and because... And, like, and that's how you used to just end up with crabs. Uh, oh. Jenny, we ran different circles, you it's know? True. You spent a lot more time at the dome than I did. It, I spent lots of time at the yeah, dome. Yeah, and that's how you get crabs. So maybe it's not an allergy. Maybe it's an infection. I don't think there's a maybe on that. <laughs> well, you know what? We have two lab folks right here. Right. I feel like we could sort that out. Probably. Pass me one of your empty cans. We're going to take a right specimen. Here. Gonna... Jenny, specimen that can. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Yes. Ugh. Don't drink it when you're done. I've never had crabs. Neither have I, but actually. My brother's couch did once. Oh! I feel like knocking on wood there, but then I'm like, how right? the fuck am I going to get crabs? <laughs> 
You don't know what you do in your off time. I'll tell you, I don't get crabs. No. <laughs> they get lobsters. You those people. I get lobsters. Yeah, back, back east, they're lobsters. Oh, shit, it's <laughs> lobster season. Look out for the tails. They'll yes. flip you. It's yeah. true. Oh, I love a thwip. Awesome. Great chat, guys. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you had fun and maybe even learned something. The Horse is brought to you by Molotov and Brick Tattoos and J.L. Hamilton Productions. Until next time, remember to be kind to yourself and to others. This was a Brain Freeze podcast.